0: Going to talk about the nature of our commitment tonight. Just a brief summary of what we talked about last month. We talked about a big picture look at our covenant commitment. So covenant meaning a binding of our lives together. Uh, we took this one line from our mission statement. We believe that our Lord has called us to join our lives together So that we can enter more deeply into the meaning of our baptismal identity. And uh, began the time with a look at what do we mean by identity, for one? Who am I? What's my purpose? Uh, And then, as Christians, we know that the key to understanding who we are, our personal identity, is Jesus Christ and our relationship to Him. That's how we. Uh, learn about who we are, uh, is through him. And that, uh, what brings us into relationship with Jesus Christ, uh, first and foremost, is through our baptism. So we, uh, we talked about baptismal identity uh, and that Christ is the one who holds the key, so to speak, to the meaning and the purpose and the call for our lives. So when we talk about entering more deeply into our baptismal identity, uh, that's that's what we're talking about, right? We're talking about coming to know who Jesus is. So we looked at three areas with our baptismal identity: the call to be a disciple, uh, the idea of being baptized into Christ, uh, to become unto the Lord Himself, and then the communal nature of our life in Christ. <clears throat> and then continued with our, our covenant seeks to live out the realities of this baptismal identity. So our covenant being uh, a voluntary yes to these people in this place uh, with the idea of coming to know who Jesus is and uh discovering more about what it means to be a disciple of his, being baptized into him, uh, and hopefully growing in holiness, uh, and then living a life with one another in communion. Uh so I that's just a that was the big picture overview. Uh we're gonna get into some more details today about the nature of the commitment but I just wanted to stop there pause there and see if uh, two things actually see if there was any questions or comments that came uh, from that talk that would be the first thing and then also uh, as it relates to the community conference that we had that was largely the theme of the conference as well so I'm wondering if any any of you have uh, anything in particular that came out in the presentations that Ed gave to us uh, when he was talking about Covenant. So any, any, anything from last month or from the community conference that has caused you to reflect or pause or something that you're really drawn to or you have questions on? Open floor. So it would be in the, uh, well, a link went out after the last course that had the recording in it, yeah. and in that folder, the what we used last time, which would be our mission statement uh, and the covenant are in there. Yep. Well, you might have listened to it on Podbeam. Okay. So it's not there. Podbeam is just... A place where you access the podcast, but if you go to the link that's in that email, uh, we'll try to do that so every handout or anything that comes here will be along with the recording and the outline it'll be there so. Yeah, that was a, it was a interesting uh, parallel, right? an interesting parallel
1: that, that Ed was trying to draw there. <laughs> that's right, that's right.
0: And, and learning how to how to deal with that in a in a good Christian way too, you know. That's kind of that's part of what we're called to.
1: The Lord knew what he was doing. anything
0: else? I really sure. appreciate it if we
1: Yeah. we yeah. yeah. she's, so like, yeah. she's on her own. <laughs> yeah. I can't do yeah. it. <laughs>
0: Not that a teaching isn't great at all, <laughs> it's a super community building in a different way, relation. All right. Uh, well, the hope of these times is that we'll open it with a, an opportunity for you all as you're uh, reflecting on the material, as you're reading through it to have an opportunity to share something that uh, struck you or that, that you wanted to, to share with the rest of the group. So. so we're going to talk uh, a little bit more specifically now about the nature of our commitment to one another. So some of the details about the nature of our commitment. So one of the, one of the ways to help do that Is to look at so you got an outline, and then you got another thing that's called the ideals, practices, and requirements of the community. And that document is an effort to articulate what we believe the Lord is calling us to, and what we're committing us, committing ourselves to. Trying to just trying to outline it, Uh, and it does that in these three categories of ideals. And then practices, and then requirements. The ideals being those things that we're aiming for, uh, not something that we're going to accomplish, uh, but something that is our ultimate destination. So, things like living lives of deep prayer and living lives of deep generosity. We don't finish those. We're not going to. We're not going to be able to accomplish that. Uh, but they're meant to be a certain a beacon for us, so that we can come back to what are what are the ideals of what we're about here. Uh, so trying to capture that uh, with scriptural references of what it means uh, to live these ideals and to strive for the ideals, and then the next section is on the practices, and that's. The intent there is to provide a certain map for us to move towards the ideals. So they're meant to help us have some direction. Uh, if we don't have a way, uh, if we don't choose a way to get to the destination, uh, we're, one, we're probably not going to get there, and two, we're probably not going to get there together. Right? We're going to all go our own way to try to get to that destination. Uh, so one of the one of the ways that we go about it within this particular way of life is to have a set of practices that help guide us to those ordeal uh, ideals, uh, things that we've chosen to uh, take on and incorporate into our life, like living the bundle, uh, our expressive praise when we gather together, openness to the spiritual gifts, uh, living the personal relationships course, really incorporating that into our life, uh, operating within the pastoral system, serving generously, all of these are what would fall under that practices category. So again, what we tried to do, uh, what's what's tried to be done there is trying to capture where where do these practices, where do we find out about these practices? So there should be, in most cases, a reference to, you know, it's in this particular teaching or this course series where we talk about Christian personal relationships or uh, the bundle, things like that. And then the last category is requirements, and the requirements are really the, the base level for us uh, as Christians to have any sort of life together. So these are the minimum. They don't fully express our ideals or our practices, uh, but there are common basis for maintaining a certain integrity for the call and our way of life. So things that would fall under the requirements would be like being converted to Jesus or having uh, a sacramental life and, and regularly participating in sacramental life or coming to community things. This is the That's the basis, right? We can't go anywhere if we don't actually come to things and see one another. So hope the hope with the document is to lay out uh, what, what we consider the overarching ideals for our life, the practices that we're encouraged to incorporate into our life, and then the, the base kind of minimum requirements for living our way of life. Uh, so we're not going to go through that document in any more detail, uh, but I would encourage you to do so, review it. Uh, Just take a look through it and see if there are things that, again, strike you, if there's anything you have questions about, uh, anything you're wondering about. uh, That's one way to help frame the nature of our commitment is when we talk about ideals, practices, and requirements. All right. So just wanted to cover a few particulars about uh, the nature of our commitment, Uh, and then at the end I'm going to... We're going to end with a set of questions that that really get at the nature of what our commitment is. So just wanted to speak briefly to that this call, and we've we've said this before, this call is a particular call, right? It's a particular way of living out the universal call that we received at baptism, that our way of life isn't an add-on to normal Catholic life. Uh, It's... We don't have our kind of normal life over here, and then we do this community thing on the side. It's meant to be uh, integrated, and it's a particular call for a particular set of people. Uh, and not that we're not going to continue to need to evaluate, you know, how do we plug into the parish that we're involved with. That should actually be a good question, that we're thinking about regularly. Uh, But the commitments that we have to the community, they shouldn't be viewed as in opposition to the life that we live as Catholics. Uh, They're meant to be a basis for which we incorporate the the whole of our Catholic life. Uh, So uh, relationships and investment, uh, that's, that's what the call is. And the decision on your part is to choose if this is the particular call that the Lord has for you. So it's a particular call. Uh, we talk also about it being a family-like commitment. So it's important to remember that our commitment is not fundamentally to the institution of Heart of the Redeemer. Right? Our commitment isn't fundamentally to that ideals and practices and requirements document. Our commitment is to one another, to brothers and sisters. Now, as brothers and sisters, we choose to live out a life in a certain way, and we choose together to incorporate certain practices and to have certain ideals. Uh, but fundamentally, it's about our relationships with one another, uh, and then we choose to live a certain way. So that's that's how it works, right? This isn't a uh, this isn't primarily institution or structure, it's first and foremost relationship, uh, and then a decision to live a certain way, uh, incorporate certain practices, have a set of ideals. Uh, So it should be seen as a a family-like commitment at the heart of the family is relationship, being together, investing in one another, encouraging one another. So the things that we do together are meant to foster that family life, right? So we get together and we pray together. We have meals together. We share a life together. Uh, We are encouraged in the Lord together. We come to grow in our knowledge of the Lord through teachings. These are things that we do that help foster uh, our relationship with one another and our family-like commitments. And then we know that this is a voluntary commitment, uh, the way of life that we have is based on voluntary commitments of each other to one another, freely choosing to commit ourselves to the way of life and the people that are in the way of life. When we make a public commitment to the community, we're, we're choosing to give up this idea that we're going to try this for a while, and if it doesn't work for me, then I'm going to be out. Right, that's the that's the reason why the formation process takes so long, is because we want to give everyone in it the opportunity to make those year to year to year to year commitments, so that they can discern. Uh, but at some point, right, our way of life is based on a covenant that we have for one another. So there aren't any one year commitments after that. Right, this is meant to be a long term committed covenant and the reason is to provide a certain stability to what the Lord wants to do in our life uh, in the the life of our marriage uh, in the life of our children right stability consistency steady uh, consistent encouragement uh, and long-term relationship so just a few points on the nature of our commitment, and uh, to help frame that, uh, maybe a little bit differently, I want to put forth a set of questions and try to provide to you a bit of an answer that might speak to the nature of our commitment. Uh, so you might wonder, how serious is the commitment? That's a fair question to ask. How serious is this commitment that we're making, or to put another way, how much weight does this commitment carry in our lives? And this question, it, I mean, it, it may come up at different times, but certainly and generally it's going to come up when we have a conflict in our commitments. right? So we're going to we wonder, uh, you know, there's a community gathering at 1030 this next Sunday, and my extended family is getting together for lunch that same day or it's wednesday night and i have a mens group but i'd really like to stay home and watch the game right these are these are these are good questions and all of us need to balance our commitments right a key though in our balancing is to recognize that uh having an integrated life which i was just talking about is it's essential that our commitments are congruent with one another, right? That they fit well together, that they support one another. So the things that we're committed to uh, fit well with each other. Uh, So you might think of, obviously, uh, those of us that are parents, we have a commitment to, to our family life, right? We want to be the right kind of parents to our children, and community life is, uh, it's meant to, to play a role in supporting family life, right? So, so it's a congruent commitment to your desire to be good, good parents and to have a good family life. Uh, and there's times when we need to make decisions about what we believe would be the best thing to do. You've had to make those decisions, right? And you will continue to have to make those decisions. And we're all adults here. And I tell my kids, one adult, uh, one mark of an adult is to be able to make thoughtful decisions about things, right? We need to be able to make decisions uh, that we actually think about. And we're not just uh, kind of tossed about by what other people are doing or, uh, I, you know, I really feel pulled here. So I'm just going to do that without giving it any thought. Uh, so it 's really important that we think about the congruency of our commitments, so you might uh, use this as an example. Uh, we were just talking about family life and thinking about you know the the goals of family life what are what you might ask somebody you 're in this conversation you know what are your what are your fundamental goals for family life and You know, they want a good family culture, and they they want to work and pray and play together, and they really want quality time, right? Those are their fundamental goals when it comes to family life. And then you learn a little bit about their family life, and you learn that, you know, Dad, he gets home from work at about 6.30 on most nights, and he travels a lot for work, and, and then the kids have violin on Mondays. And then the boys have basketball on Tuesdays and Wednesdays and Thursdays. And they're in a different location and a different time. And the oldest girl has dance on Tuesdays and Thursdays from 6 o'clock to 9 o'clock. And and there's games on Mondays and Saturdays. And, and, you know, there's out-of-town tournaments during the season. and, And the family eats together, you know, maybe once or twice a week for about 20 minutes. And they don't have time to pray together. And the parents and the kids that are younger go to... The morning mass, but the older kids go to the teen mass that's in the evening. And the last time that they had a vacation was last summer. And so it's, it's worth asking the question, are these commitments congruent with their fundamental goal of having good family life? Is it consistent? So those are the sorts of thoughtful decisions that we can enter into when we think about our life uh, obviously, we're going to be, we have the choice to be involved in a lot of things. And uh, part of the thoughtful decision about making congruent commitments is how do these commitments serve one another and do they fit with one another? Um, these decisions come to us all and and they're, they can be difficult decisions, uh, but it's really key to think about how commitments fit with one another, so we don't end up in a situation where we've we've committed ourselves to all of these uh, evening commitments, and it doesn't allow us to get at what is actually our fundamental goal that we're trying to get after. So thoughtfulness and congruency. And community life helps... It helps us to look at our lives and our commitments and to help us to see if they're congruent with the main goals and the ideals that we're trying to live. Because our commitments give structure to our lives, and this is why they're important, right? We make commitments so that we can have some structure in our life, and they express these commitments express that which is valuable to us. We commit to things that are valuable to us that are our priorities. So it makes sense then that the commitments that we make, uh, that our life would be structured around those commitments, right? And that these commitments that we've, uh, we've entered into in our life should have a weight in our life that we then weigh other commitments against, Right? I remember, this was a while ago, but Sam Schoenfelder did a teaching on, I don't know who was around for this, but he brought in a big bucket, and he had a big pile of sand, and then he had a bunch of his, bunch of toys from his kids. Uh, and he, he put the sand in the bucket, and he tried to jam all the toys into the sand in the bucket, and they wouldn't fit dump the sand on the table and it was a huge mess. But then he put the toys in first and then he put the sand in and it all fit together. So, not that it's always that nice and clean, but the idea is that we put the big rocks in first and that other things, the smaller things, come in uh, after if they fit with the commitments that we've made. So,
1: yes, how big is the community? Like, I think that's like the the question of like, how serious is the commitment? of binding is the commitment?
0: Like, how big of a rock are we looking at? So, uh, my I would say that the community is uh, the the life that we live is the basis for my family life. It's the basis for the service that I give. It's the basis for the life that I share within my home. Uh, so it is the, it's the foundation of how I relate to the Lord. Uh, so it's the, it's the largest, it's the way that I connect with the Lord the most. So it's the biggest rock in my life. Uh, and, and anything else is, is weighed against that. Uh, so the, the Lord is, is uh, the most important relationship, and the way that that's fostered in my life is through the life of the community. So, uh, I guess to, to say how big is the community rock, uh, for me it's, it's the rock that goes in first, and then everything else goes around it. So. I would say that uh, the, the commitment that we make, the expectation is that uh, we're all trying to live a set of practices and a certain way of life. And the challenge is if that's not the case for the the people that are committed to the community is you just don't have time together. That's that's the challenge is if, uh, if that's the most important thing for me, uh, but it's not the most important thing for the other people that are in my small group, uh, I'm not going to see them. They're not going to be committed to me in my group, uh, we're not going to have the opportunity to, uh, share a real life together because our commitments are this, you know, we're not, we're not committed to the same things. So I would say that, uh, that would be the, that's, it's one of the things that we're really discerning and taking on is, am I okay with this being the largest rock in my life? That this is the place that I relate with, relate with the Lord and find the Lord. And is this the place where uh as life gets more full these are my relationships with people not that we can't have relationships with people outside of the community that's that's not the case at all but these are the people that i'm sharing deeply with these are the people that i'm connecting regularly with uh and and their priorities are my priorities uh, because we're committed to the same thing so that that's what i would say i think i think it's a real challenge when Uh, your big rocks are different. That makes sense.
1: What's that? The frame. Yeah. Yep. Yep.
0: Yep. Everyone hear that? How does sound travel in here? I don't know. Is it? Sure. So the, the community life is really the, the intent and the purpose is that it's a framework for the whole of our lives. Uh, so that the community practices and the life that we live is a framework for us uh, that we then fill out with the community commitments and then other things that go into our life. So a framework. Gina, you had something? Um so I guess that's this isn't marriage is 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 a vocation. That's a fundamental call in my life. Uh, so the way that I live out my marriage uh, it's congruent with the commitments to the community. So uh, and the community supports the strength of marriages. Uh, so I guess that that speaks to... What we're talking about here in a commitment and a covenant is it's, it's not uh, a vocational call, uh, which is what married life or religious life or single life are. Uh, so it's not, a, it's, it's not meant to be in competition with that. Uh, and if it is, then uh, we probably need to evaluate how much we're serving in that situation if it really is impacting. And 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 probably even more broadly, how are we living our life then? Is it is it always the community that's the problem? I don't know. That's a good question to talk about in your husband-and-wife meetings. Is it always the community? So when I have these conflicts, is it always the community that's the problem? Or is it other decisions that I'm making that are filling in all of the rest of my time so that we don't have time together as husband-and-wife? You know? Does that make sense? Anything else about, what was the question? How serious is the commitment? Notice I didn't answer the question about the decisions that you're supposed to make. There was was a reason for that. because That's the decision that you guys get to make. Uh, How binding is the commitment? So like we were just talking about Gina our covenant commitment is is not a vow uh, so it's not binding in that sense rather our commitment is a resolve and it's a promise so it's a resolve uh, what we mean by that is resolve is a statement of intention on our part to live or act in a certain way we resolve ourselves uh, to live in that way right so examples of things that we might resolve ourselves to would be eating healthy or getting regular exercise uh, and living out uh, that resolve, that commitment that we're making is a matter of personal authenticity. You might might hear it called integrity. So our commitment is a resolve that I choose to make it. And because I choose to make it and I want to live with integrity, I'm going to live it. And our commitment is also a promise that's made to other people in a public way. So, again, this isn't just an individual. It is an individual decision that we make uh, And for those of us that are married that we make with our spouses. But we do it within the context of community, right? So I promise to do this thing, right? I promise to live this way of life with a set of brothers and sisters in this place and with these people. So a public promise brings with it uh, a level of accountability, right? So not only is it a resolve that I'm going to live with integrity and I'm going to live my commitment, but it's also uh, a promise made to a set of other peoples that are making the same promise to you. We're giving our word to others, uh, and it involves a certain element of justice uh, so that we can be helped to be accountable to our commitments right and our commitment is is binding in so much as we are making it with our free choice so it's not it's not binding in the sense that it's being bound from the outside it's bound from the my free choice to make it i freely choose to commit myself to this group of brothers and sisters and also to those that are going to choose to live this life after I choose to live it, right? So we, we welcome the people that come in after us. The commitment is meant to be long-term. Again, as I've said, these people in this place. So our, our, our covenant commitment is binding in the sense that we freely make it with a set of brothers and sisters. And there is a weight in that free choice that each, covenant member chooses to be bound by. So that's where the bind if there's any binding it's the binding in our own choice to make it. Not it's not being imposed on us, but uh, we choose it freely. Any questions about bind, how binding the commitment is? Does that make sense? How extensive is the commitment one makes to the community? Is this just a commitment to a set of ideals? and practices, or is it more than that? We even touched on this in some of the questions that were asked. So uh, as with our relationship with the Lord, our commitment involves the whole of our life, right? It's not this little part of my life that lives community over here, and then I have the rest of my life on this side. So, you know, an example, Alan comes to small group, and he shares uh, that he's he's just lost his job, right? and we don't look at Alan and say, hey, thoughts and prayers, bro, and then just move on to the next person sharing, right? There is a level of uh, interest in Alan's whole life. We know that this impacts everything, right? He's a, he's a father. He has a family. He's providing. Uh, this, is, this is important to Alan, so it's important to us, and uh, it impacts everything. So as brothers and sisters in Christ, It's our place to walk with one another in all of those areas of our life, and uh, you know, prayer support obviously, but material support as well. Uh, Looking for ways that we can serve one another and encourage one another and reach out to one another uh, to to meet the needs of our brothers and sisters. That's how Christian brothers and sisters relate with one another. Uh, It has been it's it's really been a blessing for me to to witness uh, on on a number of occasions the generosity of uh, committed brothers and sisters to other committed brothers and sisters uh, what i would what I would define as large sums of money given from somebody anonymously to somebody else as a way to love and care for them because we one we know the situation that they're in because we're sharing life with them. And two, we love them enough to really want to care for them. And that's one way that we can care for them. right? So that's it's a testament to uh, how extensive the commitment to the community is when people are willing to give of themselves uh, to that degree. So that said... Our commitment is extensive and it involves our whole life, uh, but that it isn't a life under a common authority in the sense that the community doesn't have responsibility for your life. Thanks be to God. Uh, our lives are not subject to the community. Uh, it's a whole life commitment that we make, uh, but this whole life commitment is not... It's not under, in, the, in some sense, it's not under the community, uh, but we freely give this commitment to other brothers and sisters. Does that make sense? Uh, that's just a kind of a point about the community does not uh, have responsibility for your life, but the people in the community care for you in your life. Any questions about that?
1: <clears throat> That's great. Um, so, like, obviously, there's a Yes. So, what are the reasons
0: that? That's, a, that's actually the next question. That's a great question, Beth. I'll get to that right now. How would one change or leave their commitment? Uh, there's, there are situations where that's the case. Uh, here's some examples. A situation where somebody feels called by the Lord to serve uh, in a particular way somewhere else. Right. Betsy and I came here. Uh, Others came here. Others have gone different places. There's been uh, folks that that we know in Christ the Redeemer that have uh, gone on foreign missions. Uh, There's been people that have uh, left to go to the seminary or the convent that have made commitments. Uh, So obviously that's one place and one way that uh, those particular calls in one's life, are not going to be compatible with uh, living a life here to these people in this place. Uh, So obviously would encourage uh, good principles of discernment for all of us uh, and hopefully seeking wisdom and insight from uh, those that know us and love us well. Uh, But if that's the Lord's call for your life, that's one reason why you would uh, leave your commitment. Right. And that that's, that's perfectly understandable, right? Uh, another way would be unforeseen circumstances in one's life that necessitate leaving the community. So the loss of a job, and really, uh, you can't find one locally. right? So you have to leave uh, to find a job. That's another reason why uh, one might leave their commitment. Now, if I'm in that line of thinking if if uh, we talked about commitments and congruency, if there's a great job opportunity, uh, you have a job, but there's a great job opportunity that's you know four hours away that you really want uh, part of the discernment process is is that congruent with the commitments that I've made in my life? Uh, maybe it is, but maybe it's not there are many instances where uh, I know that people have the opportunity to leave, but they choose not to because they're committed to the community. So it's instances like that. Uh, obviously, if you can't find a job, that's one thing, and you have to leave. Uh, but if, if you have a job and there's just opportunities for you, uh, that's a good opportunity to discern if this this change would be congruent with the commitments that you've made. Uh, Another case would be where somebody, uh, you know, they they get to the point where just psychologically or personally they cannot manage the life and the commitment of the community. So it's it's too much for them, or it's really a challenge or a struggle, and it just seems best if... uh, they not continue in their commitment to the community. So that would be another means whereby somebody might uh, get out of their commitment and, and have the opportunity, if they so choose, uh, they can still come around to certain things if that's something that they, they want to have some connection with the brothers, sisters, the community, but they just can't, they can't make it work in their life for uh, those reasons. So that would be another. And then uh, a last situation would be uh, somebody that just has a sustained inability to live the commitments, right? their, their lack of investment or their lack of involvement and repeated attempts to help that person engage. And uh, it's just been unsuccessful. Right? so they, they maybe were once really on board and they decided to make the commitment and then at some point, they, they just stopped. And uh, through the pastoral system, encouragements have not gone anywhere. And uh, one of the roles of the leadership in the community, uh, and you all know this, you've been in a small group situation. Uh, if you've been in a group where somebody is not consistent and they're not there and they're not coming, it makes it really hard to invest in them and to feel comfortable if they're not there, and to share life with them if they're not there. Uh, So that's a situation where uh, over a a longer period of time, if somebody's uh, just not willing to invest or engage any longer, uh, that would be a situation where the community would actually uh, make the decision to help that person move on. Uh, It's not best for the community, um, and it's really not best for them, uh, they, they need to go do what it is they need to do uh, to receive life somewhere, and apparently that's not in the community. So those, uh, those would be some reasons why uh, somebody might change their commitment to the community. yeah I would say generally speaking uh, it would not be advised to have uh, one one spouse in the community and one spouse not that it, it doesn't work um, again, it's not congruent with what we're going going for in terms of uh, supporting healthy marriage and uh, so that would be another case where uh, if it is a situation where uh, somebody does find a spouse and they're, they're really not interested in the community, uh, that would be an opportunity to either uh, probably take a step away from their commitment or at least allow that person to be introduced to the community. Uh, they would need to go through the, the full uh, initiations process and then you would make a decision together if you're going to continue with your own covenant commitment and they join you or not. So... I, you know, again, there's uh, there's there's examples, many examples of communities that have gone through really rough things, and people have left. Uh, that's that's a reality. Uh, obviously, we're all free to do that and make our decision, But I think, in general, uh, the the goal and the hope is that uh, we would be connected with the Lord. And that our discernment would be uh, really in Him, and yeah. So it isn't a; it, it's not a preferential thing. Uh, as Ed said, the covenant uh, is is made for conflict, not in a, not always in a negative way, but it's really one of the ways that the Lord can use to allow us to grow in Him and to grow in love for one another. Uh, It's, a, it's an act of faith on our part, right? We we trust that the Lord has, has put us in this place. We're being fed by these people. Uh, we're receiving life here. And that's a that can be a really good indication for us that this is where the Lord would want us to remain. And he'll let us know if there's a different place where he wants us to go, if he wants us to serve somewhere else or uh, what have you. Uh, and we'll deal with that at that time. But it, yeah, it's not... We can't know. We don't know what is to come. We don't know the difficulties that could come in our own lives. Uh, but that doesn't mean we don't make commitments. We get married, for goodness sake, with no idea of what is to come. And there's a good reason for that as well, uh, because we probably wouldn't get married otherwise, uh, just because there are challenges. And we know there are things that are difficult. Uh, but we we do it as an act of uh, faith and a response to the Lord's call. So. Yeah. One of the
1: that see, like how like, take care of my parents and against like, you know, life. Yeah.
0: But it's, just, it's really I can today, if that comes, you know, twenty years I'll there know. That's <laughs> right. That's right. So, yep. And, say that that's a that's a good pastoral situation um, our life is our life is is a is a covenantal life it's it's made for that uh, so part of the discernment is is a is, is an understanding of that and a desire to enter into that um, so I would say that that's maybe that's part of the as you're discerning, that w- those would be really good questions to be talking to your pastoral worker about. Uh, do you experience this uh, as, as a desire to actually give yourself to these people in this place? Uh, or, or don't you? That's a, that's a good question to ask. Uh, there's a lot of great things that go on here in this community, and there's a lot of great things that go on in other places as well, and uh, I think one of the particulars of our way of life is we're we're built and we're made, and the Lord intended it to be a, a long-term commitment that has people that uh, choose to live it and choose to commit to it. Um, so th- again, that's why that's why we talk about this being. Uh, a long-term commitment because that's what it's made to be. So, uh, I, I just those are, I mean, those are just key questions that, as as you all are discerning, you can be asking yourselves: Is is this something that I would would want to? I know that it's great, and I have great relationships here, and I love it, and we're we're doing great things. But do, is it is it on my heart, and do I feel called? To co- to commit myself to it for the long term. Uh, so. Yep. Yep. And I mean that could include if it's if it's just a thing that is maybe it would be better if if I was to wait until the next round of people that make a covenant commitment. That's reasonable. Uh, it, it's also reasonable to say, you know, I, I think this isn't this isn't the place the Lord has me, and I'm I'm going to move on. That's another. Really, those are the two options. Either uh, we we wait until the next round of of covenant, or or we choose to leave. Again, this isn't uh, this is meant to be a long term commitment. So we want everyone that's in it to be long-term committed. Does that make sense? And the Lord is good. The Lord wants that too. The Lord wants us to plug into a people. The Lord wants us to be committed to a people. Uh, so the Lord is good, and He's going to lead you, and He's going to uh, He's going to show you the way. Right? The evil one doesn't want this, so the evil one is going to come at you. Uh, but let's be aware of that. But trust in the Lord. The Lord is good. The Lord has a, a plan for your life. Um, And he wants to bring it to fulfillment. So, amen.